Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Open your Bibles up today to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. You know, when I was putting some notes together and some thoughts together for Rosh Hashanah, I'm thinking, what scripture do I use? Because there's so many amazing scriptures point to today, Rosh Hashanah. Now, Rosh Hashanah means the head of the year. In other words, when the sun sets today, God launches you, your family, your finances, your health. God launches you into a new beginning. Your enemy is defeated and your blessings are released. Amen. And so it's a, you know, we were singing that song, Jesus on the, God is on the throne. And literally today he's off the throne. You know, the Bible says, call upon the Lord while he is near. And I, and I teach this all the time, and forgive me for being redundant or sounding like I'm being redundant, but God is God 24-7. Every moment of every day, God is God. Amen? Amen? But the Bible says, call upon the Lord when he is near. In other words, on these moedim. The word moedim means an appointed time. On these appointed times, God is closer to us than he is any other time of the year. From tonight until ne- next Sunday, which is, we'll celebrate Yom Kippur. And, and by the way, Yom Kippur, I know you're gonna hate me for saying this. Yom Kippur is a fast day. Oh, the F word. You know where the Bible says, is this not the fast which I have chosen? to let the oppressed go free. And I know, don't, listen, when you start fasting, don't call me. (laughs) Is that you, Pastor? I was reading the word of God and God says, Jesus said, I have meat to eat you know not of. (laughs) Then he says, I'm the bread of life. I I think God wants me to have a sandwich. (laughs) Is this not the fast which I've chosen? So I want to challenge you to... um, just at least fast from when you go to bed at night until after the service. <laughs> Is this not the fast which I've chosen? At the end of the service um, next week, we will have, um, th- this is the time of year in which you, everyone needs to be rebaptized. You need to get baptized once a year. Okay, at least once a year. But instead of doing baptism, we're going to do hand washing, which is symbolic of baptism. And I'm going to do one side. Tiz is going to come for the service. She's going to do the other side. And so when she said I'm going to come, I said, well, I won't have anybody on my side. Everybody will be on Tiz's side. But this is the time in which what's released today on Yom Kippur is sealed where the devil cannot steal your blessing for the whole rest of the year. And then the following week, we celebrate Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot. And so this is a time of great joy. This is a time of of realizing on God's calendar, he wants to come in today, defeat the enemy. In Hebrew, it actually says, he curses your enemy. Now, that doesn't mean your mother-in-law or your neighbor or something. It means he curses the devil and he brings life more abundantly on our lives. Shanatovai. Next year is going to be a great year. But I want you to see something between now and next Sunday. If you can pull up that greeting, we say, we say Shanatovai, may you have a good year. And you're speaking that over people. It's like Happy New Year. But there's a better phrase in Hebrew. It says, Keteva vehatima tova. And what it means is, is that today may your name be inscribed in God's book of the living, and next week it will be sealed where the enemy cannot steal it. And so this is the reason that we teach these things during the 40 days 
of blowing the trumpet. And when I was looking at the scripture, you know, there's so many things. You know, we've been talking about the month of Elul, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm. Where's James? James, can you, can you blow the, the, the trumpet for us, the shofar? So without getting in detail, because I, I, I know there's new people, and we want to say God bless you to our stream congregation. We love you guys. Thank you so much for being with us and supporting us. Uh, you know, the other day when Tiz was in the hospital, I was at home and I blew the shofar and Tiz texted me and she said, some, some Nigerians down the hallway blew a shofar in their room. I blew a shofar the other day. Anna tried to answer. It sounded like one of my donkeys were dying. But um, you blow the shofar because, and sound the alarm. Blow the trumpet in Zion, right? Sound the alarm. Wake up, wake up. Why? Because God is saying, wake up, because these next seven days, eight days, are days which he says are days of awe. And so there's a lot of scripture concerning Rosh Hashanah, but considering where our world is, our country is right now, I really felt God lead me to Ephesians chapter 5. Read with me in Ephesians 5, verse 6. The Lord says to us, let no one deceive you with empty words because these things, the wrath of God, comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Don't be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Look at me a second. This is why we're doing these courses called Biblical Citizenship. It doesn't matter if your parents were Republicans. It doesn't matter if your parents were Democrats. You and I are not to vote as a donkey. We're not to vote. We're, let me just say this. We're not to vote as Democrats. We're not to vote as Republicans. We're to vote as children of the Lamb, the Son of God, Biblical citizens. I got a, I got a uh, text last night from uh, uh, um, Paxton, and he says, thank, sent his thanks to New Beginnings for praying for him, and Pastor Larry, thank you for praying. We are to be, doesn't matter what that person is, we are to be children of the light, and we're to walk like that, yeah. amen? Yeah. That's what blowing the shofar is all about. The first thing of blowing the shofar is that we're to wake up, and if we have gone away from God's word, if we've gone away from being children of light, God is saying to us, teshuvah, return, become once again the children of light. Look what it says in verse 11. And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Now look at this next verse. Therefore, he says, God says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you the light. Now, I'm not going to get into a lot of deeper teachings today and what the Hebrew says, but he says here, first off, we're to wake up. We're to wake up and we're to see during this time of blowing the shofar, we're to see how far away from God our nation has become. When we have schools teaching these things about transgender, when we have schools th teaching these things about uh, 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 we, we're going to take your child if you dare contest that we want to have give them an operation we need to wake up and realize darkness is growing only way we defeat darkness is by being the light so he says here wake up and arise without getting into a whole lot of teaching i was looking at this and i was studying the word wake up and arise in hebrew and without getting into a lot of deep teaching because we want to get into rosh hashanah god is not just saying be aware of this do something don't just be aware of it. Do something. Let me ask you something. Who's the light of the world? You are. We are. 
And Jesus says, as my Father sends me, I'm sending you. So we need to wake up and realize what's going on, and we need to do something to bring the light of Jesus Christ into the world. Amen? Amen. Awake and arise. Now, You've heard this, but I want to lay a foundation. There are three reasons why we blow the shofar. One, we blow the shofar as a call to come and worship. And we need to get America to be, once again, worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, worshiping Jesus Christ. And we need to not be ashamed that we pray over our meals, we pray at work, we pray at school, we pray at football games. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Isn't it's sad that the Lord says, if my people, if my people who are called by my name would pray, we need to be people who pray. We need to be people that understand whatever we bind on earth, Jesus is binding up in heaven. And whatever we loosen on earth, Jesus is loosening in heaven. Why do you think they don't want you to pray in school? Why do you think they don't want you to pray in the courtroom? Why do you think they don't want us to pray in our government offices? Because God says, when my people pray, I hear from heaven. When we, when when, when we prayed for Lion to get healed, we prayed for Tis to get healed, we go in in authority of God and we say, devil, we bind you. And the devil says, who do you think you are? And we say, I'll tell you who we are. We are blood-bought children of the living God and greater is he that's in us than anything that comes against us. We blow the shofar to call to worship. We blow the shofar as a call to war. Now, I understand we battle not with flesh and blood. But we do battle principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. You know, when we get out of the high holidays, I, I'm going to do a series on putting on the armor of God. You know, and I want you to picture when God says, put on the whole armor of God. You know, I always picture um, uh, a, a knight, like in the days of Knights of the Round Table, and they got the steel on and the shield and the spear and the sword. God says, put on the armor of God. Why? Because we're going to war. He didn't say put on a tutu and just come to church and sing kumbaya. He said, get ready for war. And you know what? If we'll arise and wake wherever we go, God's going with us and we can defeat the enemy and see the light come back into our country. Amen. And the third thing for blowing a shofar is that we're announced the coming of the Messiah. We're announced the coming of the King. Now, I'll just hit this to lay the foundation. The Bible says when we're talking about the feasts of the Lord, the feasts of the Lord are a shadow of things to come. Now, just all of you know that, and forgive me if you don't know. You know, we were in the back Wednesday after filming our television program, and we were going over things for this service, and one of the guys in the back say, Pastor, when you say something in Hebrew or something, he said, we all know it, but we have so many new people that are watching by stream or watching by television or coming into the church, and you need to take time and explain it. Let me just, let me just say this. After every service, we stay and we wait and we pray for anybody, anybody that needs prayer. But if I say something or I'm teaching something and you don't know what that means, and forgive me if I say something in Hebrew and I don't explain it, come up and ask me. Come up and talk, because the most important thing is not that we hear what God's saying, is we understand what God is saying. And so you're never bothering me coming up and saying, Pastor, why are you so good looking? How, uh, you know, any of those uh, important questions. Say, so I got to get all my lying done before Rosh Hashanah. The Bible says the feasts of the Lord are a shadow of things to come. And I'll just say it very simply because we've been teaching about this. Passover was a shadow until Jesus became the real thing. Shavuot, Shavuot was a shadow until the day of Pentecost had fully come. So Passover came, Jesus died on the cross at that exact moment. Shavuot, Pentecost came at the exact moment. So now the only things we don't have fulfilled are the rapture, the second coming, and the feast of the wedding supper of the Lamb. Blowing the shofar for 40 days are the birth pangs. The, when the Lord comes, he's not going to surprise us. 
if we have eyes to see and ears to hear, when the Lord comes, we're seeing, we're feeling those birth pangs. Rosh Hashanah is a shadow of the rapture. Seven years after the rapture comes the second coming. That's Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is a shadow of the second coming. After the second coming is the wedding supper of the Lamb. Sukkot, Feast of Tabernacles, is a shadow of the wedding supper of the Lamb. When the Lord comes, those of us who are raptured, how many, if the Lord came today, would you be raptured? God is a good God. He's not a hard taskmaster. He's not a mean God. He's not looking to punish us. He blows the shofar. We blow it day and night, day and night, day and night, waking everybody up. You know, I go outside and I blow the shofar in my home. I blow the shofar out in front. My neighbors are coming to me and saying, what are you doing? Oh, we love that sound. Isn't that something Jewish? What is it? I said, well, this is blowing the shofar because the rapture may take place. Now, I might be wrong. Maybe, maybe the rapture isn't symbolic of Rosh Hashanah. I may be wrong. So I'm able to tell my neighbors who are Christians, a lot of them are Christians, some of them don't, why are you blowing the shofar? Because God doesn't want you to miss. God doesn't want you to miss. Once the rapture takes place, then God opens a book up, and I'm going to get this in a minute, and he looks at what we've done to make the world a better place. Okay, we're saved by grace. Is that fair to say? We're saved by grace, but we're rewarded according to what we've done or we haven't done. When, we, when, when, when I go to heaven, I want the Lord to, Lord to say, is his name written? They open up the book and he said, Lord, his name's written. And then he'll reward me according to if I was a sheep or if I was a goat. There's going to be a lot of people going into heaven but they're not going to have much of a reward because they were saved, but they didn't do anything. There's a Hebrew phrase called tikkun olam. Why are we here? Why are we here? Well, the Bible tells us that right, or ancient Jewish wisdom tells us right before we are born, our soul, our spirit stands before the throne of God and God gives each and every one of us a mission. And that mission is played out all through our lives. And that mission is be the light of the world, go into where it's darkness, and repair. Tikkun olam means repair a broken world. So when we're feeding 50,000 meals in uh, Zimbabwe, when we're uh, building or orphanages in Haiti, when we're doing what we do with Holocaust survivors or the Children's Hospital or Aliyah in Israel, we are fulfilling our call Amen. by repairing a world that's been broken. Yes. Now, if the rapture doesn't take place by sunset tonight, which if it does, I'll be closer to heaven because I'm going to be at the Cowboys game. Turn with me to Deuteronomy. I know, I know uh, you got to open your Bible and read it. Isn't it in the, in the bazaar? God always does what he says he's going to do. Right? He always does. It, it, it may seem like he's late or may seem like he's changed his mind, but God always does what he says he's going to do. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now it shall come to pass. I love it when I read that. It doesn't say now it might come to pass, or I sure hope it'll come to pass. Now it shall come to pass. Now, look at me a second, because I'm going to skip through some scriptures. Deuteronomy 28, 29, 30 are about blessings and curses. And it sounds hopeless in Deuteronomy 29, because God is talking about a backslid nation. And I kind of, I kind of think America's backslid. Right, right, right. 
not all of it. All of Israel wasn't backslid. And so God is saying, unless you return to me, teshuvah, unless you return to me, these curses will come on you. Now, we think, well, God doesn't really mean what he says. Let me show you something. <laughs> now it shall come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessings and the curse which I have set before you, you call them to mind among the nations where the Lord your God drives you. And you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice according to all that I command you today. You and your children with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, for the sake of time, let me jump down. This is, this is when we do, we do it, Daystar does it. We do what's called Aliyah. We stand with the Israeli government and we bring in Jewish people from Ukraine, from Russia, from Ethiopia, from all the world, and they, re, they, they come to the land of Israel. This is called Aliyah, to, to come up. They're, these are Jews um, right now, tens and tens of thousands. We're working with the Israeli government to bring Jews out of Russia because Russia is a powder keg. We're partnering with Jews coming out of Ethiopia. And so this is the return that God is talking about. Now, let me show you something to prove to you that God does exactly what he says. Look at verse 5. Then the Lord your God will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it. He will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. Now, this is where, how many have ever heard the theory called replacement theology? This is where replacement theology came from is that people finally started getting Bibles. People started finally reading the scriptures in their own language, and they would go to the church leaders and say, hey, can we trust Bible prophecy? And they said, well, absolutely. They said, well, here's the prophecy that Jews would return to Israel. Now, there is no Israel. Israel had, the Israelis had, they had no language, no government, no army. It's never happened in the history of the world that a nation is gone. It's scattered all over the world. But God says they will return. And so people say, well, this hasn't happened. And so they had to make up, well, God's not talking about the real Israel. We're the, now the new Israel. We've replaced the Jews. But in 1948, the church had to eat its words because in 1948, Israel became a nation again. It's never, ever, ever happened in the history of the world. You know, when I think about that, I think about when they gave Lion no chance to survive. And then they come back and said, we've checked around the world. Lion has a gene in him that there is nowhere anywhere in medical history that a child his age has this gene. Why do I say that? Number one is God will do exactly what he says he'll do. And God can do something for you that no one has ever heard of before. Now, let me show you something astounding. And this is why, this is why I, I just love that God has taken us on a on a path to study the word of God and to dig deeper into the word of God. God says that the, they will return and you will possess the land and you will prosper in your land. Israel became a nation in 1948. In 1948, the Hebrew calendar was the year 5,708. 1948 in our calendar, in the Hebrew calendar, the year 5,708. This scripture is the 5,708th verse in the Bible. So the 5,708th verse in the Bible, verse 5, is the year 1948 when God said, I know it looks impossible, but the people will come back to the nation of Israel. God does exactly what he says, amen? Isn't that awesome? And see, that just shows to me is I may not understand it. I may not know how God will do it or when God would do it, but I know if God says it, God is going to do it. Somebody say amen. 
So here we are in Rosh Hashanah. Someday the rapture is going to take place. If the rapture doesn't take place, then tonight, this evening, just at sundown, God opens up a great book. Now someday, just like the Passover lamb came, just like the day of Pentecost, someday the rapture will take place and those of us who go to heaven, he will open the book and he will reward us according to what we've done or we haven't done. What you need to understand and what's so wonderful to teach is God wants to bless you. My Bible says God is running to and fro looking for someone. I don't know about you, but I think maybe that's why we wave our hands and say, God, don't, don't pass me by here. Isn't that wonderful? He's, he, our God is not a reluctant God. Our God's not a stingy God. Our God's not a broke God. Our God is a wonderful God. It's our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. You know, we were on a trip to Israel a few months ago, and we were, we'd just come out of baptism, uh, the baptism of the River Jordan. Where there's, a big, there's a great uh, uh, shop there where uh, everybody buys stuff, and our group was with us, and uh, Aviva Shalom, my granddaughter, comes up and says, Saba, uh, I was wanting to buy this, but it's just too much money. <laughs> and I said, I'll, I'll get it for you. I'll get it. And some of the group said, I love that she came to Saba. Saba means grandfather. I love she came to Saba. Not mom and dad. Because mom and dad may say no, but Saba never says no. You know, I can't help but think that's with our father in heaven. It's our father's, it's our father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. The other day I was taking Aviva somewhere. Oh, I, was taking her, I think I was taking her to school. And uh, no, I was bringing her to church on, on Wednesday night. And uh, I said, how's school doing? And she's going to great school, and she's very, very smart. She's doing great. She said, good, but I need a, I need a new laptop. <laughs> she said, I've saved $700, and I, hopefully by Christmas I can get 500 more. She knew. <laughs> she's got a new laptop now. Because it's Saba's good pleasure to give her the kingdom. Right? We love our kids, right, Joni? But grandkids? No holes barred when it comes to grandkids. It's our father's good pleasure. See, we, we, we've been taught in, in, in Christianity so many times that God's up there and he's stern and he's harsh. And he is. He's a father. He spanks those he loves. He chastens those he loves. But it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Someday we're going to stand before God and it'll be an eternal reward. But if that doesn't happen tonight, it doesn't happen tonight, he still opens the book. This is why the book of Daniel says, you know, if you go into my office in my home, I, I have, I collect these antique scales, you know, where you put a weight here and it put a weight there and it, they tip. This is what Daniel's saying. It says, we're weighed in the balance and so many of us are found wanting. That happens at sundown tonight. God will look at your life and he'll look at the reward he wants to give you the reward he wants to give you compared to how much we've been involved with feeding widows and orphans or helping somebody. You know, this is why the prosperity message is true, but it didn't work. Everybody taught give, give to receive. But what we need to understand is every time God is getting ready to bless us, he does what? He, he first gives us a chance to be a blessing. And so that's why the blowing of the trumpet, sounding the alarm, because if the rapture comes, God wants to make sure we make it. But if the rapture doesn't come, he is going to release tonight the blessings on our life for the whole next year. And then next Sunday on Yom Kippur, he seals that and the devil cannot steal it. He wants to bring us the blessing of God. Somebody say amen. I love the way the rabbi put it. He said, picture God in a great court. And in that great courtroom, the father is on the throne, and before him is a huge, giant book. Every page has a different name on it. One page has my name, one turns it, one page has your name. And when we stand before the Lord, or tonight, 
God will open the book, just like the Passover lamb did what it's supposed to do, but it was for a year. Jesus came, now it's eternity. Tonight, he'll open the book and he'll read my name. He'll read your name. Each one of us has a page in the Chronicles of Heaven, and he'll look at that page and decide our blessing according to what we've done to make the world a better place. Listen to this. This is a great, great scripture in Revelation chapter 20. It says, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Now look at this next one. And the books, not just, we all know about the Lamb's book of life, saved or not saved. But the books were open and another book was open, which was the book of life and the dead were judged out of these which were written, out of, out of the deeds which were written in the books according to their works. Now, how many know you're saved by, boy, it's getting tight in here, isn't it? How many know we're saved by grace? There's nothing you can do. But while we're here, we're to be the light. We're to be that light. And God says when we go to heaven, he opens up the books the books, and he looks at what deeds we have done and will be rewarded according to their works. Psalm 69, 28 talks about the book of the living, the names of the righteous. In Exodus 32, and I love that, I won't, I won't take time to read it, but Moses, the, the, the children of Israel have come out of Egypt they're serving God. They're praising God. Moses goes up on the mountain, and he's gone longer than they think. They, he comes down, and they're, they're, they're worshiping a golden calf. And so Moses gets angry. He's got to go back up. And he goes before the Lord, and he says, Lord, if you're going to blot their name out of the book, blot my name too. Right? Blot their name out. Now, he's not talking about the Lamb's Book of Life. He, he's, he's talking about the Chronicles of Heaven. Listen, I love you. I love you. I will stand for you. I will work for you. I will help for you. But I am not going to give up my place in heaven for you. When Moses, a Jew, is talking about it, he's talking about this very thing of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, where God opens the book, and he says, if you're going to dismiss their reward, dismiss my reward, too, for one year. He's not talking about, I'm going to go to hell for them. He says, I'm, I'm, he's talking about the reward that God wants to bring. In Revelation 22, 12, let me jump through this. Jesus says, behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to render every man according to what he has done. Behold my reward. Now, here's the question. If the rapture would take place tonight, would you make heaven your home? That's the main thing. That is the main thing. Amen? But if the rapture doesn't happen tonight, and, and let me say, if the rapture does happen tonight and God opens up the book and goes to your name page, what will your reward be? What will your reward be in heaven? If he doesn't come tonight, between now and Yom Kippur, he's still going to look at our, the page with our name on it. Am I, am I, am I making this clear? He's going to look and, and he's going to say, did you do what I asked you to do? And our reward will be accordingly. Not because God is angry, but because God loves us. So we blow the shofar and God says, wake up. Make sure you're making a difference in this world. Listen to what Jesus said. The Son of Man is coming is, is the Son of Man is going to come in his glory of his Father and his angels and will repay every man according to his deeds. I'll repay every man according to his deeds. Now, this last year, we, we fed, you fed, you and our partners, you fed 50,000 meals to kids in Zimbabwe that would not eat if it wasn't for you. 
orphans, uh, feeding program in Cuba, uh, children's hospital in, in Israel, Holocaust survivors, um, Aliyah, uh, all the other things, the, uh, the uh, ambulance, uh, uh, ambulance for Boganda Vida Dome that set each ambulance we buy saves 10,000 lives. So if, you, when, if you've been a part of this, God will open up the book, go to your page and say, look at the lives they saved. Look at the, look at the lives they saved. I've been a part of this. I've helped feed children that wouldn't eat. I've, 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 I've brought Jews back to Israel. Uh, I, I've, I've kept the orphanages going. All these things, this, these things, God rewards us. And it's our Father's good pleasure for him to give us that reward. Now, let me give you one more scripture. Go with me to Matthew, the words of Jesus. Matthew 25 and listen to these amazing, amazing words that the Lord gives us. Matthew 25, we'll go to verse 31. Now, this has exactly to do with where we are right now today. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from his goats. And he will set the sheep on his right, right hand, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty, or give you drink, and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger, and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did this to the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. This is why we're here. You know, a couple weeks ago, where's Pastor Troy? A couple weeks ago, church was over, everybody was gone, and I was leaving, pulling out in the parking lot, and I see Troy with, with one of our brothers out there, uh, and the brother has a flat tire on his truck. And so I get out, and Troy and I are trying to help him, and didn't know that our brother had, had back surgery, and so we're under there trying to get the tire up and trying to get the jack in there, and it wasn't the right jack, and so we're running around trying to get this done. And later, he, the, the, this brother, I didn't realize he was new to the church, and he said, this is my church. This is my church. And we said, why? And he said, how many pastors stop and help you change a flat tire? Well... Now, this sounds, this is corny, this is corny, but what if it was Jesus that had a flat tire? Of course, he could have just prayed on it and it would have been full again, but what if Jesus would have had a flat tire? Would you stop and help him? What if Jesus was hungry? Would you help? And he was a child in Zimbabwe. Would you help? What if Jesus' life was threatened and he was a Jew in Russia or Ukraine or Ethiopia? Would you help? Sure you would. And that's what Jesus said, when you've done this to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. You've done it to me. And that's what Rosh Hashanah is all about. Rosh Hashanah is about, listen, I want to make you an example to the world of my blessings. I want the world to see how good I am by looking at the blessing in your life. And so blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm. Tell everybody, wake up, because we get busy. We get busy with soccer and football and jobs and work and, 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 and all these things. But what we're really here for, and none of that is wrong. None of that is wrong. But what we're really here is to change the world. 
and make a difference in somebody's life. Now, I don't know if we'll ever meet those kids in Zimbabwe. Probably in heaven. But there are kids in Zimbabwe that know... There are parents that don't have to decide which child eats that day because of you. Don't you know that makes God smile? There are kids, new kids in the orphanages every year. Some of our kids that started off three and four years old are now graduating from high school, and they're doing that. They've always had a home, always had a meal. I remember when we built our orphanage in, in, uh, in, in Haiti, and we, those kids in there, they'd never seen a toilet. We put toilets in there with running water, and they're sticking their heads in, flushing it with, with their heads. We had said, no, no, turn it around. <laughs> Doesn't that make you feel good? Those kids have clean sheets every night. They have a washing machine. They have people cooking for them. They're they're never hungry because of you. Don't you know that that makes God smile? Someday when we're in heaven, God will not come up to me and say, Larry, why weren't you like Abraham? Why weren't you like Moses? Because none of us can be that. But he'll say, I'm glad you are who I made you to be and did what I called you to do. Amen. You know, when, when Tiz was put in the hospital this last time, I don't know how the word spread so fast, but we started getting phone calls and, and texts and emails from people all over the world. And by the way, those of you who live in Australia, check your time. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning. I'm joking. I think, uh, we love you. We have great, great partners from Daystar with in Australia around the world. But we got from Israel, we got texts and calls from people all over Israel, from rabbis and from Jews and politics and saying, we're, we're at our synagogue or we're at the Western Wall. Our rabbi prayed today, that, or tonight uh, at Shabbat, that Tiz would reap her zehut, her zehut. The word in Hebrew, zechot, is the word merit. You know where Jesus said, listen, don't lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And that doesn't mean you're not to have a bank account. You need to be a bank. You need to, have, you need to be so blessed you have a bank account that's good measure, pressed down, shaking, other, overflowing, where all your needs are met, you're living blessed, and you're able to bless others. Amen? That's prosperity. But Jesus said, don't lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust corrupt, but lay up for yourself tr- uh, are on earth, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. That word is the word zechot, merit. That little did we know that in doing all that we've been, we've been standing with Israel, you've been standing with them for 30 years. We've been feeding people in Zimbabwe for th- over 30 years. And little did we know that there came a time that we would need to say, God, we need you to open up the vaults of heaven. Not financially, and God will do that financially, but in signs and wonders and miracles. And I really believe we're at that door right now where the church is going to see the end time transfer of wealth, and God is going to show us signs and wonders and miracles so all the world knows our God truly is an almighty God. Can you say amen? Would you give the Lord a clap offering? Now... I want to do this. Next week is Yom Kippur. You need to come in. We need to pour the water in your hands. Seal this blessing. But before we even think about the rewards here on earth, my question is, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I'd like to have every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around just for a moment. I'm not going to bring you forward because today we're going to do the apples and honey. But as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, if we could have our musicians, musicians come out. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, and no one's looking around. The Bible says, blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound that alarm. Have people wake up. And you know, I really do believe we're closer to the rapture than we can even imagine. And so the Lord doesn't want you to miss it. He wants you to make heaven your home. And that happens by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You may be here and you say, Pastor Larry, could you... I've been saved, but 
I've backslid. I've kind of fallen away. So as every head is bowed, eyes go, go ahead and play, brother. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, no one's looking around. You're here right now, and you say, Pastor Larry, would you remember me in prayer? And those that are watching by stream around the world, we, we, God sees your hand. But as we're here and you say, Pastor, I need to make my heart right with God. I want to do it. This is, this is a wake-up call for me. I hear the blowing of the shofar in my spirit. You've never been saved or you have been saved, but you've kind of gotten lukewarm. You've kind of fallen away from really serving the Lord. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, no one's looking around. I want you to slip your hand up and say, Pastor, would you remember me in prayer? And just hold it there for the whole time because I want to see everybody. I see that hand, 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 that hand. Just keep it up. That hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. That hand, that hand. God bless you. Just keep it up. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand, God bless you. That hand, God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand, God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand, God bless you. Anybody else? That hand, God bless you. Give these people a great big clap offering. Now stand with me all over the building, if you would, and let's pray this as a family. Won't you take your neighbor's hands, trusting they washed them before they came in today. The just shall live by faith. And let's say this out loud together. Say it out loud. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now look at me a second. Rosh Hashanah is the time that your enemy is defeated. You got to kill the tares so it doesn't choke out the harvest, right? This is the day. So say this out loud. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my body. Get out of my spirit. Get out of my home, my family, my finances, my future. I declare in the name and by the blood, every curse is reversed and every blessing is received. Not someday, but today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you receive that, give the Lord a clap offering. Now, let me explain something real quick. On Rosh Hashanah, which is the head of the new year, tonight begins a new year. But God loves us so much, he even gives seven days more until he closes that window of heaven. The word window in Hebrew, the windows of heaven, is the word yushod. It means a, um, um, a funnel, a, uh, English, uh, a funnel, a channel from the throne of God to you. Unobstructed unlimited now on Yom Kippur on Yom Kippur which is next Sunday that is when God breaks every curse and then releases every blessing that Jesus paid for by his blood how many places did Jesus shed his blood on Yom Kippur God goes in the Holy of Holies and sprinkles the blood seven times God this year is not going to give you what you're praying for. He's going to give you good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and overflowing. Amen. On Rosh Hashanah, we celebrate this by eating apples and honey. Apples represent the fruit of God, that God will bring you an abundant harvest in every area of your life. We take the apple, the harvest of God, we dip it in honey, why? There's a wealth that comes from the Lord and brings no sorrow with it. So this next year, prosperity, health, and joy, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you receive it?
Now, I'm gonna ask you to do something. We're gonna come down two different sides, right? We're gonna come down two different sides and then go back up. They're gonna give you apples and honey, you take it. But, and we don't receive an offering here. We never take an offering. We just let you give as God leads you, trust you. I'm not gonna talk you in an offering. But on Rosh Hashanah, we do receive an offering before the sun goes down. This offering, and those of you watching by stream, however you do that voodoo that you do, oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> however you do what you do on those computer things, this offering goes to help charity. So we've got orphanages, We've got feeding the children, 50,000 meals a month. We've got Aliyah in Israel. We've got Holocaust. We've got uh, an ambulance for Moganda uh, Vida Dome. We're buying an ambulance for the military that's protecting the people of Israel. We're um, doing all kinds of things. You can specify where it wants to go or you just say, we're doing this. Got, Pastor, you do what, what you want. But this offering doesn't stay here. This offering goes out because we want the windows of heaven opened up over you that is beyond anything we can imagine. Isn't God a good God? I mean, really, isn't he a good God? Isn't he a good God? So as you come, we're gonna have, where's the Stedka boxes? Right here, okay, so these are Stedka boxes. And let me just give you a real quick teaching so I don't have to do it. Remember where Jesus was looking and the rich man came in and brrr, you know, he, put the coins in and everything, but the widow came up. There are three ways you give. You give your tithe, you give your stetka, which means acts of charity and kindness. Don't worry about what you're gonna eat, where you're gonna sleep, what you're gonna wear, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteous. That word righteous there is the Hebrew word stetka, means look for chances to do acts of kindness. Even beggars do acts of kindness in Israel. I've told you the story. This is where Jesus was standing, not at the tithe box, not the first fruit box, but at the acts of kindness, because when we've done it unto the least of these, we've done it unto him. Don't you know God loves when you feed a hungry child or you save another life, amen? So as you come, we're gonna put your offering for Stekka. This does not stay in the church. Those of you that are watching my stream, send it in. We'll give you the apples and honey. You take it with you, dip it in, and say to yourself, Shana Tova, this next year is gonna be full of joy, full of health, full of peace, full of prosperity, because our God is an awesome God. Do you receive it? Give the Lord a clap offering.